Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Kelly. Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show. And we begin today with a big thank you. Last night, you helped us pass the 1 million subscriber mark on YouTube. That is a huge start, and it's still growing. We're actually at one. Here's the little look at Steve Krakauer. Got the actual flip. It's satisfying to see it, isn't it? Satisfying to see it. Go to the 1 million mark. We're still growing. We're at 1,016,000 as of this morning. If you do not already subscribe, please go ahead and do it today. We're growing leaps and bounds by the day. YouTube.com slash Megan Kelly. You can watch video clips of the show, including the 60-second shorties, as my mom Linda says, the shorties. <laughs> I love the shorties. <laughs> Sounds like something naughty, mom. They're called shorts. <laughs> Plus the full episodes each day. They premiere around 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, while you are subscribing, ring the bell. Sign up for all the notifications so you will find out when we post a new video and you can be in on all the fun. Thank you so much again to everyone who has grown this community into what it is today. We're so grateful to you. We wouldn't be here having the success we're having without you. Um, And we thank also our partners at YouTube. I have to say YouTube takes a lot of, you know, guff in the conservative sphere in particular, and I get why. But our own experience has been really great. Uh, We have a partner that we work with at YouTube who's been very good to our show, who has been very open with our content. We've never been demonetized. We've never had a product banned or pulled down. Uh, The only thing we ever had was there was a content warning put on where we showed the shooting in Nashville. We showed the actual, you know, shooter get killed in the Nashville school shooting. And that we understood. That's fine. That's a YouTube content rule that applies to everybody. But in any event, we've had a very positive experience here for whatever that's worth. And so have our guests today. We intentionally went with uh, some some big, big successful uh, folks on YouTube. Patrick Bet David will be here in just a bit, along with the Hodge twins. They're so great. They've been on the show before. All three of these guys have. Uh, excited to get to them. Um, I'll tell you something very funny. So, you know, my mom, Linda, is amazing. If you ever saw her come on my NBC show, you fell in love with Linda. She was a big star. And um, she is somebody who has kept me humble my whole life. You know, It's not necessarily by design. It's really just kind of her personality. (laughs) Like, I'll give you just one example. One time she was staying with me on the Upper West Side and I was leaving for my show at Fox and I had a makeup free face. And she said, God, it's just really amazing the difference between you without makeup and you with makeup. I mean, it's just really some. (laughs) Okay, Ma. All right. Thank you. Got it. (laughs) So this week, no, last week, Our show is crushing it right now, thanks to you. Uh, Right now, we remain the number two podcast in all of news, second only to the New York Times' The Daily, which has something like 12 million subscribers. So we're on fire right now, thanks to you guys. Uh, And it's been this way for a while. We're uh, in the top five or 10 overall amongst all podcasts in America. That's That's outside of the news world. Again, thanks to you. So we're on a great streak. So my mom, Enter my mom, enter Linda, who on Thursday of last week, you know, Tucker Carlson got fired, Don Lemon got fired last Monday. My mom texts me, Meg, did Tucker get fired? Read something on Twit. <laughs> mom, ma, <laughs> not, not Twitter, Twit, spelled T-W-I-T-T-E. I said, yes, 
Biggest story in the country this week. They fired him out of the blue on Monday. Then she responds with, where can I follow the reason? (laughs) Oh, if only we knew someone who covers news and news-related events daily on her show. (laughs) Mom, well, you could listen to my show where we've been leading with it all week with the smiley faces. And she wrote, yes, yes. No swearing, though. (laughs) You know, my mom doesn't like the swearing. In any event, if you have a mom like that, you need somebody in your life to keep you humble. It's important so your head doesn't get too big. And uh, when mom's not there doing that for me, bad things happen. So God bless Linda and God bless all of you. And speaking of Tucker, um, more hits being dropped by Fox News today. They, They can't help themselves. Yesterday, we talked about this video they clearly leaked to Media Matters for America, whose whole existence is to ruin Fox News and try to get it boycotted. I mean, the fact that Fox News is now coordinating with Media Matters for America is a new low. This is, again, my supposition, but it's a pretty well-founded one. Um, They released this tape of Tucker lamenting what a shit show Fox Nation is. Sorry, Mom. Uh, And how it doesn't work well and it's not a good user experience. Why Fox would leak this about itself doesn't particularly make Fox Nation look so good. Um, But they're trying to show that he's not a company man. You know, he's he's not loyal. They were asking him to do some things and he was kind of complaining about it. Um, David Sachs of the All In podcast retweeted it yesterday saying this just shows what what any professional would want to see in one of their employees, which is a commitment to excellence and, you know, sparking an improvement in a product that's struggling. Why wouldn't you want that in somebody who works for you? Well, now we get more now. Today, remember last week we told you about the New York Times saying like in the sixth paragraph, because even the New York Times seemed embarrassed to be doing the Fox News dirty work. Um, Those references to video the New York Times had obtained of Tucker in one instance referring to a woman as yummy circumstances unclear and in another referring to his postmenopausal audience. It was clearly styled as though this was going to be an insult to women. This is going to be an example of Tucker's misogyny. No context. Where did you get said video? Where could it have come from? We knew it was from Fox. I said that to you last week. Melissa Francis was on said the same. Uh, Well, now, shock of all shocks, those videos have shown up on where? Wait for it. Can you guess? Media Matters for America. It's amazing. They're not even subtle. Fox is losing its its fastball. Um, this is just too obvious, Irina. Again, it's my opinion. This is all being leaked by Irina Briganti, who's made it her mission to ruin Tucker Carlson. She hates it when you mention her name on the air. She hates it when her pictures make the air. But she's happy to besmirch yours. She's in the business of ruining your name. Welcome to the club. It doesn't feel very good, does it, Irina? When your name is all over the news as somebody who's possibly doing very disgusting, dirty, dirtball kinds of things. It doesn't feel good. Um, In any event, I'm going to show you the videos because what they think makes Tucker look terrible does nothing of the sort and underscores the absurdity. I just want to point out CNN is not doing any of this crap to Don Lemon. CNN's not doing any of this to Don Lemon. They fired the guy. They're in the middle of a negotiation. As far as I know, it's going the way you would expect. And I think Don Lemon is going to walk away with his paycheck. Uh, Tucker, it's a different situation at Fox where you must be ruined, as I've been telling you. So here's two. I'm going to show you three because there's a third out now. 
of the latest videos that are supposed to divide Tucker's audience from him and make them think he's a dirtbag. We can no longer possibly support him in his new and independent venture or if he goes to Newsmax, etc. Here they are. We'll start with yummy. You wouldn't? Okay. I'm not, you know what? I'm not qualified on that score, I will say. I thought his girlfriend was kind of yummy. Just kidding. Just kidding. In case this is being pulled off the bird. Yeah, the bird. Hey, media matters for America. Go fuck yourself. That's the first <laughs> thing I want to say tonight. Second thing is totally kidding. I don't even know what his girlfriend looks like. And if I did, I would not find her yummy. I freaking love that. I love it. He knew, he knew even in the moment that there might be somebody working against him, making sure that the, the camera that's on you during the commercial breaks and whatever gets fed to it, uh, some nefarious person inside Fox could use it against him. So he had the presence of mind to know who they might leak to and to tell him to fuck right off again. Sorry, mom. <laughs> right. It's gr- kind of great. But can I just spend a minute on the New York Times dishonesty? The New York Times reported that as We've we've obtained a video of him referring to a woman as yummy. I didn't see in the New York Times the part where he said explicitly, I'm just kidding. I don't even know the person. I don't know what she looks like. Why didn't the New York Times report that? Huh? Where was the context for your smear of Tucker, your attempt to make him look like a misogynistic prick? You buried it in the sixth paragraph, but you didn't have the balls to actually report the context. Media Matters had more balls than you did, New York Times. That was disgusting. The second about his postmenopausal audience, all of whom have written to me. I'm tell- I know these women <laughs> um, saying they, they didn't even find what they read so far offensive. And I guarantee you they're not going to find the actual bit offensive either. Nonetheless, here it is. Well, I feel great. You know, I can never I can never assess my appearance. I wait for my postmenopausal fans to weigh in on that. My IFB. What? They want to control me from afar? Okay, I'm putting the leash on. You you can (laughs) fuck it. We'll do it live. I got you, baby. What do you, you see a, a jovial guy cracking jokes on the set? It's not an insult. What's wrong with saying postmenopausal women? I am a premenopausal woman, but in about five or six years, I'll probably be postmenopausal. I wouldn't be offended by that. What does it mean? It means people who are around my age are going to let me know whether I look good. Tucker's no spring chicken. He'd be the first to tell you. I think he's my age exactly. He's, I think, I'm 52. He's 53. Um, so again, no mention of the fact that he's jovial, he's on the set, he's cracking jokes, he's laughing. No, you've got to think that he somehow hates his audience. That's how it was reported initially in the Times with that, without the context there. And now we see the full tape. And by the way, just in case you're who is taping? Ask yourself about my theory that this is Fox News doing it to him, that it's Irina Briganti who sat there calling through his commercial downtime to look for anything that might, if this is all you got, you lost your fastball. This doesn't make him. I can't wait for the tape that absolutely sinks him because this is absurd. So far, you've made Fox Nation look bad. You've made Tucker look good in his ripping on media matters for America. And you've made Tucker look good because he's obviously a funny guy who mocks his enemies and makes clear that he understands you might be taping him. <laughs> um, here's edition number three, which was just released today. Um, and this one is. I guess, supposed to make us think he's a pervert. 
Uh, it's an exchange he's having with Piers Morgan. To, I, there's no context to any of this other than it's commercial breaks or wind ups, you know, before a segment. Uh, that's what's obvious to me as, a, as an anchor. But there's no context, but he's clearly talking to Piers Morgan. And Piers Morgan is having Tucker on Piers's show here. Tucker's doing it from his set. So again, Fox News would have access to the feed. And um, they're joking about, I don't know, you, you listen and draw your own conclusion. Here it is. Everyone in this company is thrilled that you're doing this. I've gotten more calls from people about it. Oh, that's great. Well, I've got to say, I've, I, when I came to um, New York a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't believe how welcoming and friendly everybody was. It was fantastic. I loved it. Yeah, they, they really mean it from the owners on down. Yeah. Um, it's cool. It's cool to see it. I like that. It's it's a good, you know, people are nice in this company, I think. They've always been nice to me agree anyway. I completely agree. Everyone's been very, very friendly and very nice, and I really appreciate it. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on. It's, uh, it's yeah, fantastic. I bet that doesn't change. Of course. Yeah. It's just great to have you on my show. I mean, I've been on yours enough times. It's great. I think it's totally cool. So let's, um, is, if we're going to talk about sex, I'd love to hit some of the fine points of technique. <laughs> But, you know, but it's your show. It's totally up to you. We can certainly talk about your sexual technique, especially after your tanning testicles last week. <laughs> Not mine. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll speak in more general terms, but I've got something to add. <laughs> Why? Why? Why are they leaking that? It's funny. I don't know what they talked about. We can go back and check his appearance on Piers Morgan, but maybe it did have something to do with some sort of sexual story in the news. I have no idea. Who cares? I don't care. Nothing even remotely offensive in that exchange. Tucker's cracking a joke. How is she so uptight? Is she this uptight that she doesn't realize no one's going to be offended? Like, maybe you need a Valium. Take a seat. Get Take a deep breath. And try to understand how real people live their lives, not hyperventilating over dumb jokes on the set between two guys trying to loosen up before a segment that they both hope will be great and fun for the audience at home. By the way, none of that is stuff that Tucker wouldn't say on the air, right on the air to his audience. So this is absurd. Fox News should stop this nonsense. And I really need to stop picking on Irina Briganti, Irina Briganti, Irina Briganti, because her bosses are allowing this. Suzanne Scott's allowing this. The Murdochs are allowing this because they want him destroyed. It's not just her fault. They know how to rein her in. They know she's likely the person responsible for this. Maybe they've already greenlit it and they're fully participating. I don't know. This is my supposition. But I will tell you this. I have it on good authority that when I went on Tucker right after my uh, termination uh, from my my relationship with NBC, um, I went on his set. I sat with him. I gave him an interview. I think it took two blocks, but I was sitting there off the air with Tucker for a bit. And I was told by a reliable source, she taped me then. She taped me. She loathed me because I had to hire that outside PR person after she betrayed the women of Fox News uh, during the Roger Ailes era. And as I told you, the Murdochs paid for that. They didn't say, oh, no, Irene is great. Oh, no, you should work with her. They paid for an outside PR person to help me because I couldn't work with this person. So I come back years later and on, she tapes me on the set. That's what I was told. Love to hear from you, Irina. Let me know. Let me know if I'm off base on all this. I love to have a chat. You can deny it all. Why don't you come on the show? We can have a chat about old times uh, because I see you and I see what you guys are doing. And so does Tucker's audience. 
and it's disgusting. Meanwhile, the, the ratings at eight continue to crater. The, the audience is gone. Um, the only press that they're getting at the eight o'clock hour right now is terrible about how it's doing in the ratings, how the substitutes are doing. Um, so they really they really have no choice at this point but to go back to Tucker and beg him to come back. And that would require them to fire Irina Briganti, uh, among other things. We'll see. Joining me now, stand up comedians and political commentators, Keith and Kevin Hodge, also known on YouTube as the Hodge twins. Keith and Kevin, thank you guys so much for coming back on. Thank you for having us back. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm sorry, but like, it's just such bullshit, isn't it? It's like so obvious. And I know you guys are tough to offend, but I mean, is there any, any spidey sense that gets offended by what you just saw or thinks, oh yeah, that's the stuff that's going to ruin this guy? I actually love him more now. Yeah. <laughs> I hope to keep releasing these videos. This is great content. <laughs> I love it. I mean, right. I don't see, I'm not offended. Anybody with a rational mind, anybody that's got a sense of humor wouldn't be offended. Yeah, yeah. Tucker Carlson is a real person. Yeah. I mean, he's just yeah. relaxed. He's, yeah. He's not being family. It's not his audience watching. Yeah. He's just being jovial with the people he's talking uh, on his show. Yeah. You know, I have to say, if this is all they have, he's great. He's in good stead. Like, if this is the stuff that's meant to bring him down, he should, he should be even a big sigh of relief because a lot of us would look far worse uh, if our outtakes were hey, filmed and then released. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought they was going to show some videos of him got whips and chains or something. <laughs> it's, it's nothing. This is like, and, I mean, that's not a hot mic. If you want to see a hot mic, it's, it's inside of our little studio we got going. But yeah, that what right. he said is not offensive at all. Yeah. Right. So what have we learned? He swears sometimes. He makes yeah. jokes. And mm -hmm. he doesn't like Fox Nation at all. Thinks it's a piece of shit. And he doesn't like Media Matters for America. Okay. We kind of all agree on all those fronts. I think it's unanimous. Typical American. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I heard you guys last week just saying like it, it was just a sad day when he, get, when he was gone because it's just, you know, one by one things that you enjoy get taken mm -hmm. away because the powers that be decide you, you're not allowed to hear that anymore. You know, they, they know better. It's, it's annoying. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be cursed to see where he lands. I'm like looking forward to it. Um, a lot of times when bad things happen to you, um, it's actually opening other doors for you. So that's been my our experience throughout our life is mm -hmm. when one door closes, another one opens. So um, he's a superstar. I think he can do whatever he wants to do, and he's going to be great at whatever he does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. So one of the you things that uh, reality. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? What'd you say? With Turker calls. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? He's probably going to wind up either on YouTube or on Rumble, and he's going to get his one million button probably within the first day that he launches. Um, right. I, you know, he's hugely popular, like you guys. I was I talk about like Mr. Beast. Yes, he's got a lot. He's got a hundred twenty million followers. You guys have got like six million. That makes you one of the biggest players in commentary on YouTube. Yeah, which is unbelievable. I mean, when we first started a few years back, it was like we just wanted to make a lot. A couple of extra bucks so our car don't get repossessed, you know, <laughs> and it's like it took yeah. off and it became our lifestyle and our, our job now. And it was kind of scary at first because we've been on YouTube for quite some time, about four or five years. And we wanted to come out and, you know, give a different perspective, you know, coming from two black men. It's OK to be conservative. I thought we was committing career suicide. But looking back on it, it was the best thing I've ever done in my life. You yeah. know? Because you were working at AAA. Weren't you working at AAA? Like thinking this isn't yeah. really all it was cracked up to be. <laughs> Yeah, that, oh my God, my life sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I was an insurance adjuster for auto claims. 
Oh my God. It's so many times I was so stressed out. I just wanted to walk out of the office, but I couldn't because I got kids. I got a family. It's just something you had to do. And they paid me just enough to show up to work. Yeah. yeah. So it was hell on earth. And, and when we got fired from that job for doing the YouTube videos on uh company property, it was, man, it was, a, it was the best thing that ever happened to us. And that's why Keith said, said so, sometimes awful things happen to you because something's in the works for you. Yeah. Bigger doors is going to open for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Even Tucker's, you know, stint at Fox was the result of him getting fired at MSNBC and um, CNN. You know, he'd been at these others and it hadn't gone well. And he landed at a place that he thought was, quote, nice, that people are nice in this company. He would later learn the truth. Um, But yeah, this is like sometimes they got to shake the blanket and then, you know, stuff stuff flies off. And, and good things follow that. And I think that'll be true. Um, do you think um, I, do you think it had anything to do with the lawsuit with um, Dominion? Like I don't. And di- you know what? Dominion's speaking out about it today. Dominion yesterday gave an interview. Um, the lawyers, like the the principals, saying it is like they want credit for getting him fired. They, they think that all the text messages that were unearthed in the litigation may have had something to do with it. That is what the company is clearly leaking to places like the Wall Street Journal. That's what they want us to believe. And look, you know, maybe there's something horrible in those text messages that we haven't seen. I haven't even heard a whiff of something that would really be a fireable offense yet. But hey, let us know, because so far the company's not saying that. Um, I think if it was, it'd be already released. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Instead of these stupid ass videos. But what Dominion is saying is is that it, it is not true that it was a condition of the settlement that Tucker be fired. A lot of people thought, that might have been some clause in there, you know, like some secret deal, like Tucker's got to go. We got to leave with a scalp. And the answer is yeah. no. The, the Dominion saying it's not true. So, um, you know, we'll see because there's another That's litigation the and there are three companies right now trying to get those texts uh, made public that have been redacted. So we are likely to find out what was in the text. Sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? I'd say if that's the case, Fox News really looks stupid. Yeah. I was like putting the two. I think there's some type of correlation between what happened because I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think Dominion, if it was the case, I don't think they would tell anybody. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things are done behind closed doors, deals, and all the time. I don't see this why why this would be an exception. But you know, I'm not trying to get sued by Dominion, so I'm just going to go along with it. <laughs> <laughs> they do like to sue, though. Listen, yeah. I, I will say in Dominion's case, if if Fox News has been saying all those things about me, I would have sued too. Uh, and mm-hmm. they walked away $800 million richer because of it. So mm, I'm sure they're feeling pretty good about it. All right. I got to talk to you about something that I know bothers you as well. And that is the emergence of all these men in women's sports who are winning. They're winning. Every day there's another story. And I've heard you guys rail about this. So now the latest is, um, I think it's pronounced Gila, the Gila, the tour of the Gila out in New Mexico. Um a transgender woman, which means a man, a biological man, Austin Killips, won in the Tour of Gila in New Mexico, United States. It's an elite race uh, sanctioned by the sports world governing body, the UCI. And the UCI is, you know, the, the entity that oversees world cycling. Uh, so Killips won in the female category and won the first prize which is $35,350, Get this. It was the first year in the event's 36-year history that equal prize money had been offered for both the men's and the women's races. These women had worked for years to try to get equal prize money. They finally got it. And a dude came over, cycled as a woman, 
and won the race and the money. 27-year-old American it was. Of course, it's one of ours. An American won it, finishing 89 seconds ahead of the next best competitor, the Italian Marcella Prieto in the general classification. Uh, And it also claimed, you got to love it, the queen of the mountains jersey. So this dude wins the queen and the money. This guy took up cycling in 2019 before starting on hormone replacement. 2019. I guarantee you not a woman in that race who came anywhere in the top 10 started three years ago or three or four years ago and wound up finishing that. This is absurd. Yeah. You know what he's probably going to do with that money? He's probably going to go get a boob job. (laughs) I don't make him a woman, huh? I can't believe the left can't see the dystopian future for women in a society where the science of biological sex is ignored. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a horrible place for women if this goes mainstream. Yeah, and I think he had a financial incentive to enter this race because uh, that's a very interesting point you shared that this is the first time they gave him away prize money. Yep. The same, the same amount to the women that they would get normally give to the men. So he transitions over goes on hormone replacement theory. And here, here's what's crazy. The governing bodies, like policy allows what he did because what it says is, um, you have to have testosterone levels that have been below 2.5 nanomoles. Is that how you pronounce that? I, know, I never know per liter for at least two years. And they had just made it a tighter policy. It, it had been, you could have more testosterone and only been a fake woman for 12 months before. So this is them trying to crack down on, you know, it being unfair by saying, oh, we have to be on the lower testosterone for two years and we're going to have the amount of testosterone you can have. But it doesn't say it's no longer OK for you to have gone through male puberty or to have lived 30 years as a man before you do this stuff with your testosterone. Just because you have low test doesn't mean you're not a man anymore. <laughs> but if you put on a sports bra, now you're a woman. Yeah, what's the deal with the sports bra? He doesn't need it. He can just wear a T-shirt. <laughs> I don't know. I don't so having know. a vagina doesn't make you a woman, <laughs> but a sports bra makes you a woman. Yes. It's pretty much, pretty much where Nuts. they're going with it. It's offensive. And here's yep. the thing. So the tournament, uh, the tour of Gila, congratulated Kellips on the win, but then limited the responses on social media. Right? Because they don't, this is what Anheuser-Busch is doing right now. They offered a new, a new video on their Bud Light product online, but they shut off the responses on YouTube so you can't comment. So these people, like, they don't want to hear from anybody that they pissed off, which they really need to. Yeah, yeah. Which is infuriating. That's like one of the biggest uh, tools that YouTube has is comments. Everybody wants to see the comments. And then when you go and look at a video and they censor the comments, it's like it makes you look even worse. Yeah, that's how society moves for, forward, yeah. debate. That's why black people have rights in this country now, because they were allowed to debate. Yeah. If you don't allow for debate, society no longer moves forward. It regresses. Yeah. And that's exactly what's going on with Sada right now when it comes to these dudes think they women. I can't still. Yes. I, can, I, I, I sometimes it feel like I'm in a dream. Women. I mean, dudes are actually waking up, becoming women and then. <laughs> po- <laughs> doesn't make any sense. It at doesn't all. make sense. It it's doesn't crazy. make sense. And then women who speak up about it are called hateful and transphobes. Meanwhile, we're arguing with biological men We're it's bio. It's men who've come into our spaces and we say, no, get out. We worked really hard for this prize money to be available to us. And they say, phobic, bigot. What? What? Get out. 
It's Get out. Like, like, <laughs> the left is trying to like in, reinvent the wheel. It's like this is why we have women's sports because they can't compete against men. That's the whole point of having women's yeah. sports. And men have throughout history have always exploited women, and they didn't foresee this happening. <laughs> right. Well, what you got thirty five thousand dollars on the line? <laughs> you know what? I think I'm a woman now. Right. It just happened in women's poker, of all things. Now, I don't really know why women and men are at a competitive disadvantage in the poker field. I don't totally get that right, one. Right. But the rules are rules. And up until very recently, they had a woman's category and a men's category. And right. women could win their own prizes in the women's category. Well, no longer. Now, even the women's poker tournaments are accepting the men as long as they say that they're trans woman. And guess what happened? A dude came over with his beard. He was wearing a, he had a gray beard and he won. He won all the money. It's like, I, I'm laughing a little because it's just so absurd. And yeah. most of these women are still in the field of like, I don't want to say anything. They're going to call me mean names. It's like a yeah. few women and, and a lot of men who are speaking up about it. And I do think now that like the silent majority of women is just finding their voice. Like they're, They've had it. These stories, they've freaking had it. You got to speak up. I mean, the only way I think this is really going to change is like when women stand up and, you know, they decide not to compete. Just boycott. Yeah. That's just, all I have to do is women have to boycott. Then, it, then, it will end overnight. Then you just have a trans dude, dude running or competing by himself. It look, it looks stupid. Yeah. And you know what's funny? You remember that song by Megan? You remember that song by James Brown? It's a man's world. <laughs> yeah. Remember that one by Aretha Frank Franklin? You make me feel like a natural woman. That's how I feel when I look in the mirror. Because I am. Both of them are homophobes. <laughs> <laughs> if they was alive today, they're homophobes. Yeah, that's true. They'd be canceled. So here's more on this this cyclist who won uh, this Killups. Okay, this Killups. This 27 year old American Killups um, who took up cycling in 2019 was a man, is a man, but is cycling as a woman. Um, this person also. Okay, um, also was the subject of controversy last December when Killips finished third at the USA's National Cyclocross Championships. And at that race where this person, again, a biological man, finished third, uh, Killips was accused of pushing another top competitor, an actual woman, off of her bike. Here's the video. Stand by. There. Okay, that was it. Uh, we'll re-rack it. But that woman was named Hannah Ahrensman, 35-time winner on the cyclocross circuit. Hold on. Let's watch it. There. Okay, so she almost falls off her bike as the biological man goes by her. Um, the she, Hannah, finished fourth in that race behind Killups, the biological man. And then Hannah retired from the sport, citing the emergence of trans riders. She said, quote, uh, it's become increasingly discouraging to train as hard as I do, only to have to lose to a man with the unfair advantage of having an androgenized body that intrinsically gives him an obvious advantage over me, no matter how hard I train. This is the future. Fine. There's going to be a point if this keeps going where even the women's sports have only biological men in them. Yeah. <laughs> but just imagine the way with the, the direction the countries are going. I could just imagine what the WNBA is going to look like. Well, at least somebody will watch it, Dan. <laughs> Dude assaulted her. Yeah, that was assault. Yeah. Men. And now I'm ashamed it. to be a man. This is horrible. 
We need to stand up for these women. You need to start showing showing up these cyclist events. You too. Hey, Kim, man, we should transition. Yeah, yeah, make all kinds of money. Yeah, we could. But I'm not. You literally like have that. to do nothing. In most of these sports, you have to do nothing other than say you're a woman. And like we covered that in Connecticut, we had girls on the program. There were two guys. There were two guys who were running as guys. They said we're girls. They didn't have to change a thing. They ran as girls. They won everything. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Those are my ugly uh, girls, too. <laughs> no. Girls. <laughs> okay. Look, you brought it up. You brought it up. Not for nothing. I did make a full screen of some of the men we've seen, biological men, trans women, we've seen in some of these stories. The ones who are coming into our sports, coming into our locker rooms, coming into our. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is, look. That person on the top left is the cyclist. That person on the top middle is the one who joined Kappa Kappa Gamma and was allegedly jerking off while this person was watching the Kappa Kappa Gammas. This person on the top right is the one who's threatening to shoot us if we if we don't allow, quote, her into our bathrooms. That person on the bottom left is somebody you guys were covering on your show as this person was upset they wouldn't let him, it's a biological man, into the women's gym because it's where he feels most comfortable because he says he's a woman. And that person on the bottom right, I think, needs no introduction. It's the Canadian shop teacher who now we know wears these prosthetic breasts, even though he denied it and said that he has a condition called gynomastia, where your breasts just grow super huge. Meanwhile, Rebel News caught him without the breasts in. Do we have that video? Can we just show it? Because we never actually showed it to our audience. Let's just watch. Rebel News actually caught Kayla Lemieux, the shop teacher, without the fake breasts on. Kayla's been lying to people like the New York Post who tracked him down as well. Um, here, here's Kayla Lemieux without the fake breasts and, and in the way he actually looks. Where are your breasts? Why are you dressing inappropriately in front of children? Can you believe it, folks? Like a cornered rat, he ran for the hills. He didn't even have the guts Look. to come back to his car. He's abandoned it here. He called an Uber, but did you notice? Look, no look, breasts. right there. But Lemieux, <laughs> I thought you told the world via the New York Post and the Toronto Sun that those were real mammary glands. This is who we're fighting. Okay, they, this is who we're fighting. We're not fighting a bunch of sweet, confused teenagers. These people are against us and threatening to shoot us if we stand up against this nonsense. Did he try to say he had gynecomastia? <laughs> yes, yes. If, if that was gyne gynecomastia, man, he would be in an emergency room. <laughs> <laughs> His wife would be threatened. Yeah. That would be like a, an infection. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah, it would be a medical emergency. Tell, yeah, you can tell by those people in those pictures, you can see their lives are in shambles. <laughs> these people are like mentally ill. And it's like yeah. these people's lives are in shambles. And we're like, it's what's that saying? The criminals are running the jail? What's Something it? like that. Yeah. What's the, the criminals are running the, the asylum. Inmates, yeah. inmates are running the asylum. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So you you shot, Megan. <laughs> you is shot. I see why you got a million subscribers now. <laughs> The sky's the limit for you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're right. It doesn't take that much to see that Kayla Lemieux is a liar, is a man with huge prosthetic breasts on with amazingly weird prosthetic nipples. And when caught, just lied and said they're real. And of course, they're not real. And it was amazing that Rebel News got the actual tape of the real Kayla. What we're told is the real Kayla. I don't know what the man, is, what, what the name is. Um, but this is the problem, right? Because like, 
I'm sorry, but the left would have you think about every trans teen or person trying to get into our spaces is like this well-meaning, lovely person who's just struggling with some issues and will be totally respectful of us. No, they're they're threatening to shoot us. They look like enormous linebackers in some of these cases. How'd you like your 14-year-old girl to have to deal with one of those coming into her shower? Because that happened last week, last this month in Wisconsin. Hell no. Yeah, these people are batshit crazy. Yeah. Uh, and nuts. I wish our politicians would do more, but I mean, some of these blue states, some of these, these, I don't even understand these people that call themselves liberals. They're not even, you can't even call them that anymore. They're like far, not even close to being a liberal, especially the governor in of the governor of Minnesota just signed into law a bill that says a therapist wanting to affirm a child's biological gender. Like if the kid comes in and it's a boy and he says, I think I'm a girl. But I'm not sure the therapist is not no longer allowed to say, no, you might you might actually be a boy who's just confused now because they think that's, quote, conversion therapy that's happening in Minnesota. That's insane. And by the way, um, laws like that, like conversion therapy for gay people, that's been outlawed in many states. And those bans have been upheld by the courts. But conversion therapy for people who don't know whether or not they're trans and are just seeking to explore it. Um, you can't ban that. Th- that's already been ruled on by the 11th Circuit. So we'll see whether this ban withstands legal scrutiny. All right, let me pause it there. I'm going to take a quick break and then more with the Hodge twins. I would say the one and only, but it's really kind of the two and only Hodge twins right after this quick break. So you guys mentioned um losing your jobs because you're posting conservative commentary on YouTube and figuring out that it's okay to be conservative. You can say, you know, you might get fired, but there could be greener pastures on the other side of that truth. Um, And I know that Larry Elder was influential and, you know, you're realizing some of that stuff. He's so great. Um, A lot of people haven't gotten the message. And that brings me to, I'm going to talk about the Met Gala, which was last night in a second, but the night before that, two nights before that was the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And they used a comedian from Comedy Central, Roy Wood Jr., to come on, try to make fun of everybody there and so on, and really thought that it would be hilarious uh, to rip on, of course, you could insert the name without even knowing, Clarence Thomas, everyone's favorite punching bag on the left. It's completely fine to rip on him, to rip on his race, to call him a race traitor. Uh, Here's what Roy Wood Jr. said about him the other night. You are trying to erase black people, and a lot of black people wouldn't mind some of that erasure as long as that black person is Clarence Thomas. (laughs) You understand how rich you have to be to buy a supreme, a black one on top of that. There's only two in stock. And Harlan Crow owns half the inventory. We can all see Clarence Thomas. But he belongs to billionaire Harlan Crow. And that's what an NFT is. Wow. Hilarious, right? It's totally fine to say you want to erase a black man, one of the most accomplished in U.S. history, as long as it's Clarence Thomas, because he's conservative. Totally fine. Not racist, not problematic. What do you make of it? Man, I just think it's horrible. It's like, like the Democrats are the party that's 
Well, they realize that if they lose, well, they get 90% of the, them, uh, the black vote and they just try to keep that. Um, like when they picked uh, the vice president and um, the Supreme Court justice was a black woman, it's because she's actually a token. That's why they picked them. But they they give the impression to the black voters that look we're for black people. But whenever there's a black person on the right side, you got to disparage that person. Mm-hmm. It's just to keep black people voting Democrat. I think it's man. I think it's horrible how they talk about that man. And in a a Supreme Court justice, this dude has been a reputable judge his entire career, a reputable person, and they just talk down to him and disparage him like like he's some evil person. Yeah, and only only people. And for, for them to even insinuate, like they like to make us out to be conspiracy theorists. That was a far left conspiracy theory yet. Yeah. And he's not going to get any pushback. Only the conservatives are conspiracy theorists. But the things that he said, it was just gross. It's just disgusting. And I, I find it so disheartening to hear black people, especially people in his position, to put other black people down just because they might have a different opinion. Yeah. And you could hear groans from the audience. They were like, even like, wow, yeah. this is. That wasn't funny. Even they. The, the audience was even telling me, hey, man, that's gross. That's that's not right. You could hear it in the crowd. Nobody was laughing. It was yeah. moans and it was groans. It was disgusting. That's not comedy. Yeah, it's not comedy. It's annoying. I mean, you, you, you talk about like Katanji Brown Jackson. She she is not a token. She's a brilliant woman. But people see her that way because yeah. Biden said, I'm only going for a black woman. And so as soon yeah. as he nominated her, people are like, well, we, she got nominated because of her skin color and because of her lady parts. And so we never really got to her judicial philosophy or her academic accomplishments and so on. But I mean, everything I've seen about Katanji Brown Jackson, so she's a leftist, sure, but she's brilliant. He's the one who made people think she's a token. He did by saying it. He did the same thing with Kamala Harris, who is a moron. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> he undermined both of them before they went into those positions by saying he was going to make it all about race. I think she's a brilliant idiot. She doing, she can't even define what a woman is. I mean, I'm well, sure that's, she's brilliant. She's yeah. got that's all that ideological. Yeah. yeah. But what when, a boss is going to dictate but, how she thinks. But when you're the, let, let, okay, she's brilliant. But when you can't sit up and tell people what a woman is, you let your political biases step in. You're a judge. You're supposed to not be biased at all. Supposed to be impartial. You don't, you, you're, yeah. you're behaving like an activist. You need to behave like a judge who is impartial yeah. and objective at all times. Yeah, we commend people like her, 100%. but we want to disparage um, Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas, that's, that's not right. It doesn't make right. sense. Not in a rational, logical, civil society. Yeah. No, and that moment became like a defining moment in this culture war battle where you have a Supreme Court justice who obviously knows exactly what a woman is afraid yeah. to afraid to say what's real because she didn't want to offend this tiny segment of the population that's denying biological realities. Um, OK, let's no, talk about um, the Met Gala for a minute. Um, I'm not spending any time on Kim Kardashian. I can't do it. Uh, she brought her nine-year-old daughter, not with her to the gala, but like in the car to watch her walk off. I guess I am going to spend a minute on it. Like, is that <laughs> what you want your daughter to see you doing? You want to see her to see you like basically wearing next to nothing, parading into the Met Gala? That's what you're proud of? Okay, um, fine. You know, some of us brought our kids to presidential debates and thought that might make a nice impression. Um, I went to the Met Gala. I've been to these events many i don't take my kid who brings their kid to go watch them well walk the red carpet i'm sorry but it's gross okay um taking a deep breath um then there was the rapper little nas x he i guess decided to go as carl lagerfeld's cat (laughs) 
The theme was to honor Carl Lagerfeld, who had a weird little cat that he really loved. And would you look what? at this is a oh man. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? That is what? disgusting. What's happening? You know what? The LGBTQ community, I mean, they've been, you know, they've had it hard, like a lot of other demographics people have had it hard, like women, blacks, but they're proving everybody right. <laughs> That's why people people have these um these um implications of gay people, and then you're proving them right. You're not instead of taking the high ground showing that showing everybody that, that your norm is just you like to do other things in your bedroom, you come out and you this is just debauchery. That's that's disgusting. I don't know anything about Lil Nas Is he gay? I don't know if he's gay. A gay pen man. He's gay. Okay, he's gay. But like most gay men I know wouldn't be caught dead in that ridiculous cat suit going up the butt, like showing, you know, there's a lot of cheek, a lot of frontal exposure. I don't know what this is. It makes me think of the Christian Walker bit. Where's our men? Bring our men back. I miss men. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> What's the other singer that was um the, the the other singer? He he was a dancing. He had a a devil outfit. I forget his name. Sam Smith. Yeah. Sam God, Smith. Got a beautiful Trigger. voice, and he got there. Yeah, he was doing the exact same thing. Yeah. I mean, he they do a disservice to the LGBTQ community when they when they when they behave this way yeah most gay people don't act like this we have yeah. when we have comedy shows um of course our audience is right-leaning and gay people come to our show who is right-leaning and these people look just like every all other people it's just that <laughs> <laughs> these are liberal gays there's a total difference between liberal gays and conservative gays conservative well, gays they respect these liberal gays they do a disservice to like me they do a disservice to the gay community. Yeah. It was it was all about love who you want to love, but yeah. it wasn't about all this debauchery and yeah. Satan and just no. yeah. lewd. It's just showing your junk kind of in public. Make- it's too much. Yeah. All right. Lastly, um, Gabrielle Union spoke to the cameras before she went in last night about her decision, along with her uh, former basketball player husband's. Uh, child to leave Florida because she has a stepchild. It's his biological child who says that they are trans. I think it's a boy who transitioned to girl. Here she is. We had to think about where every member of our household would be comfortable and welcome and celebrated. Of course, all of our friends in Miami, they were like, when are you coming back? And and I was thinking, well, where would our children, where would Kavya James go to school where they're open to teaching facts? and accurate and, you know, accurate history. And and where can they say gay, much less trans? And where would we maybe not get arrested for uh, affirming our our child's identity? Right now, not looking like Florida. Thoughts on that, guys? Everything she said was a lie. She misrepresented everything that's going on in Florida. She act like the state of Florida and Ron DeSantis gave him a 30 day notice to move out of Florida. <laughs> like trans it's people true. and gay people are more than welcome to be in all states within yeah. the United States. It's yeah. just you cannot make life altering decisions, something that could damage that boy for the rest of his life until he becomes the age of 18 because yeah. he can't consent. That's yeah. all that's all Florida is doing is trying to protect kids from harming themselves. That's yeah. all. Because adults have these surgeries and they regret it. Yeah. So, I, so they move out of state. They go to New York or California and they go have some of these surgeries. And then later on, he regrets. Who's laughing? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the mother, the biological mother in that case tried to fight in the court saying, I don't want my kid transitioning before age 18. And the the husband, forgive me, I'm not into basketball, but it's a famous basketball player, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. Okay. He was with Miami. He was with Cleveland. He fought and won to get the kid to be able to change his name legally to a female name to change his actual gender or like on whatever documents he had to make it female. And now she's saying they can't live in Florida because you can't say gay. Where can I say gay? You can say gay in Florida. They're just not going to yeah. teach gender identity stuff or sexual identity stuff. And the young grades there, and now they upped it to a higher grade, but in curriculum. But you can say it and you can discuss it. She's not going to be in your curriculum. That's all. You know what's really weird? Um, his son, who's a girl now, he dates women. He's not even like 12. I was like, it's yeah, all, it's, they showed a picture. He had like a girlfriend was a white, a white. As girl. you guys know, the vast majority say, if you just don't interfere, your kid's going to go back to his biological gender. If you don't interfere, they interfered. And now, now they've moved Florida. Good luck. You guys, such a pleasure to have you. Hodge twins, the two and only come back soon. Don't go away. We'll be right back. My team was reminding me that little Nas X wore this ridiculous cat outfit to the Met Gala last night, which is just, by the way, it's over. The Met Gala is over, all right? It's, it's sorry. It used to be cool. It used to be something you wanted to get invited to. It's no longer the case. Like, I think the world's had enough of Kim Kardashian. Um, that's just the truth. That's what they can get now. I was talking to a very, very well-known billionaire executive who started a company you would know, and she was telling me, she's not gonna go to that. They used to charge 30 grand a head for people like this billionaire to go, you make a donation, you help support the Met. Um, They raised it to 50 grand. She was like, I barely wanted to go at 30. I really don't want to go rub elbows with the Kardashians at 50 grand a head. It's absurd. And that's truly what it is. I think I've told you this before. When I went, I went into the women's bathroom to actually use the bathroom. And it was all Kardashians. And like, P. Diddy was there and there was like dry humping going on. It was really gross and classless. And I thought, what am I doing here? All these women, these models were smoking in the bathroom of the Met. Get out. Put your cigarette away, you classless losers. You're here among some of the greatest art on earth. Would you just grow up? It's just like these young wannabe stars who really aren't that well known now. Um, and Anna Wintour just wanting people to kiss her stupid mean ring. Uh, and people are still doing it, but not to, not the way they used to. So it, people are over it. However, I do appreciate people who are kind of in on the joke. And it wasn't just little Nas X who went as the cat of Carl Lagerfeld. By the way, the cat itself was apparently there. <laughs> to my point, <laughs> Jared Leto also went as the cat. Choupette, I think is the name of the cat. And look, he gets it. <laughs> for our listening audience, he's like literally in like a Disney cat costume with a big furry head off the side, a big furry bottom that kind of looks like a polar bear from the neck down and a fuzzy hat. That's more like it. Make a joke out of it because that's how the rest of us see it, right? You've got the AOCs of the world. Remember her last year with her stupid tax document dress and the Carolyn Maloney person who had her messaging on her like these nobodies like Carolyn Maloney. Nobody knows who that is. You can go Google it. You'll figure out who she is. But like this is where we are. So that's the makeup. Um, I want to tell you while I have you go check us out on YouTube. Subscribe there. Join all the fun. We're going up thousands and thousands by minute by the minute. Uh, YouTube.com slash Megan Kelly. Join the million plus 
who are already watching the fun, fun clips of the show there, the shorties, as my mom Linda calls them. And now we turn to another YouTube star, and that is PBD. Patrick Bet David is founder and CEO of Valuetainment and host of the PBD podcast. And he joins us to talk the latest on Trump, DeSantis, Tucker, and much, much more. Pat, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm great. Would you be caught dead in the little Nas cat outfit? Did you see the little? It's like the it's squeezing him up the bottom and it's squeezing him down in the front. And it, there's really I mean, gay is one thing. Not one hint of you being a man left is another. What's wild is how how they're using him to market him. You know, he gets all the eyeballs and God forbid somebody else stands out there and says, hey, boys, be a man. Hey, boys, stand up for yourself. Hey, go out there and defend yourself. Hey, be protective of women. T- take care of the, the folks around you. You know, go out there and make some money. Go out there and do something for yourself. If we give a message that is very much of a pro-man message, God forbid you say something like that. But little Nas X, hey, put him all over the place. You know what he's wearing? Oh, this is this guy's a superstar. He's a hero. And unfortunately, it's confusing a lot of different people. But for me to wear something like that, I don't even think I would wear something like that privately for my wife. No, no. And, and nor would she want you to. I, I think I speak. On <laughs> she would not <laughs> want me to. I've seen Borat. It's not a good look. No, I will stay for the record. We've been watching in the morning with my kids because uh, I follow him on Insta videos of Jocko Willink you know, who is like mm-hmm. the Navy SEAL to end mm-hmm. all Navy SEALs. Oh, yeah. And this morning we watched a video. Uh, it was it was uh, Jocko discussing with Leif Babin, who married my friend Jenna Lee from Fox Business, um, uh, Bud's training and how the SEAL team is like so much about so much more than Bud's training. Yes, it's difficult, but it's like you carried some logs and water the way they described it. Like it doesn't compare at all to combat and war. And like that is who I want, especially my boys listening to and looking at somebody like a, you know, some, a man of service, a man of honor, a man who in some of his other messages says, whatever it is, it's your fault. You take responsibility, not somebody else. You, that's his whole thing. Extreme accountability. Um, not this, not these ridiculous people, Pat, I can't. Well, listen, this is why uh, Jocko is another super necessary voice. And what is happening is if you ask me what the biggest leak is, the challenge we're having with parents and kids is whoever you and I edify as the hero, the kids want to be. Whatever we edify, the kids want to be. So if you edify a man like Jocko and your son is watching you and saying, hey, son, watch this man, Jocko. That's what you call a man. Your son's going to be like, my mom is edifying Jocko. I want to be like Jocko when I grow up. I want to be like Rogan when I grow up. I want to be like this man when I grow up, right? These guys are showing there's a guy named Petros, good friend. He's an entrepreneur. He's doing things where father and sons are coming, learning about how to become men. There's a bonding thing that's going on with the father and son. They're doing push-ups. They're training. They're helping each other. They're going out there doing all these exercises. There's a lot of good opportunities out there. I read a, recently we did a video on uh, why the number one earners, immigrants in America are Indian Americans, not native uh, Americans, Indian, Indian, like mm-hmm. from India, Americans, yeah. they make more money on average in America than any other ethnicity in America, including whites. They make on average $120,000 per year. Number two, just so you know, is at $95,000 and whites were at $65,000. So then you said, this is kind of interesting. Let's take a look at this because they're only 1% of the U.S. population, but 8% of all the startups, you know, when they go into technology and all this stuff, there's all these success stories of how they invest their kids into STEM, all these things that they're doing. So then I went on this one website to see what's so special about Indian 
parenting that's different than others. So you go to this website. It's called India Parenting. They have these 10 points there. And one of the points was how they edify whatever behavior they want. So you over edify, you edify and say, see what Johnny did. Great job, Johnny. See what that guy's doing. Great job. That's what you call it either. That's what you call this. That's what you call that versus American parents are like, well, it's okay if they feel that way. Well, it's okay if you feel this way. Well, it's okay if you feel that way. Nope. That's a leader. That's a man. That's this. They're edifying them. Right. But one of the points also out of the 10, uh, Megan, which was kind of interesting is they also judge. They're not afraid to judge mm. bad behavior and said they're very judgmental of bad behavior. Interesting concept. Typically, when we hear the word judge, we don't think about it in a positive way. Say, no, Indian parents, they edify great behavior and they judge bad behavior. Unfortunately, the current society in America today, we are a little bit too uh, accepting of every single behavior. And these kids are growing up saying, if mom's not judging that, if mom's not edifying that, I guess I'm just going to choose to be the little neck, you know, little Nas X. I'm going to look up to this guy, you know, Sam Smith. I'm going to go look up this guy. So I think we have a hero making machine problem in America and parents need to paint a better picture of what a hero is for their kids. Mm, so well said. I agree with every word you said. It's it's I think in part I'm not saying because I know I, I have a, a, a dear friend who's a conservative. He's a lawyer and he has a a daughter who's struggling with the gender identity stuff. So I'm not saying it never happens to conservatives, but I do think that there's a reason why this whole trans explosion is happening in these more leftist cities more than anywhere else. And why you have people like the Disney executive who's like, my one child is polyamorous and my other child is trans and my other child is a furry, like whatever, right? Like there's, it's no accident that that's happening because like that, that's not going to happen in my family. And I'll tell you, there was another woman who I knew in New York. Um, she's black. Her husband's black. And she said that she was very concerned about this trans ideology at our school where they were asking our boys whether they were concerned, whether they were sure they were boys every week. Mm -hmm. And she said at home, she and her husband were counter programming like, can you imagine grandpa showing up in a dress like they were doing some mild mocking of it? So that their boys understood this is absurd and not an available option for you. Yeah. You know, as, as crazy as it is, uh, uh, one of the fears, Megan, you, you know, you've made a lot of money in your life. You're very successful. You're at the top of the game. Uh, uh, you're the best at what you do. Okay. So that's Megan Kelly. You're not in the top 1%. You're more like 1% of 1%. Okay. So you've been fortunate. I've been fortunate. We've done good for ourselves financially. So we can kind of use our resources to you know, push our weight a little bit, right? Like if you go on, like if I'm interviewing for schools that I was putting my kids into, I went to seven different private schools here in South Florida. One of my first question was, so, hey, Mary, you know, thank you so much for taking the time for the appointment uh, with us and our three kids. We're looking forward to coming to Florida. How does this school feel about capitalism? Excuse me? Yeah, how do you feel about, what do you think about these rich people, these entrepreneurs, these capitalists, these business owners? How do, what is the school's position on capitalism? Uh, oh, oh, well, we, we teach the benefits of, of, of capitalism and, and the pros and cons of it, but we also teach the pros and cons of socialism, and oh, we boy. teach the pros and cons of communism, and we allow the kids to decide, yeah, my kids are not going to go to your school. I yeah, mean, bye. how much more history do you need to not have to teach the pros of communism? <laughs> how many millions of people have been killed? So these are the questions that parents with resources can ask. But Megan, I want you to think about this. Think if you and I, are making $74,000 a year, okay? Household income we have is 120, let's say 130, okay? 30% of that goes to taxes. So if you're making 130, 30% goes to taxes, you're left with $97,000, let's just say $95,000. 
you're living in a three-bedroom house, maybe a four-bedroom house, uh, 30 minutes outside of the city because that's what we can afford. And our kids can only go to a public school. And now you go and impose yourself with these things. So parents are now coming home and the kid's asking questions about LGBTQ. Then the parent tries to explain this to the kid. Then the kid goes to school and says, well, my mommy told me. Then the teacher calls the parent and says, hey, you can't tell that to your kids. Now, the parent is afraid, doesn't know what to do because they could get kicked out. Now, they're being boxed in a place that you are a extremist and all this stuff. Then the teachers can target. Do you see how this thing creates the kind of fear in parents that they're immobilized? So that causes a lot of parents to say, well, look, babe, don't say that to him because he's going to say that and go, hey, son, you can't go tell that to your teacher. It's cre I remember living in Iran with my parents, going to a school and worried about the Hezbollah pulling us over. And if they ask you, are you a Christian? You got to say, ask my mommy and my daddy. Some parents right now in low and middle income families are right now going through this. And, and Megan, I got to tell you, that's a scary place to be. You and I may not know about it today. You and I may not know the fears of that. But tens of millions of people are going through that today. So what do they do? What's the solution? Is it best to just kind of sit on the sidelines and let other people steal your kids for 20 years? And I don't mean physically. I mean emotionally and philosophically. And now your kid doesn't like you because your teachers and the school system pinned you against your kids. And they come home and they say, all you care about is this. What do you do? This is where... Bitching and complaining is not enough. This is where sitting on the sidelines and just talking to other parents and, yeah, you know, Johnny's uh, mom also feels this way. This is when we got to get involved. There's never, ever, Megan, been a better time or more important of a time of a side gig. Do real estate on the side. Do something on the side to create an additional two, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 a month to either put your kids in a private school or to homeschool. Or on top of that, if you can't do any of that stuff based on where you live, get involved. Right now, school boards, uh, the voting percentage is not that high. It only is like 5% voting, 5 to 10% voting. If you go, voter turnout is not high. And parents who run, typically, they have a very high chance of winning. So if you're sitting there saying, well, I'm not happy about what's going on, run for school board. You would be surprised how many other parents feel like you, and you become the courageous one. And other people in public school say, I kind of like what Mary has to say. Let's get behind her. Mm, right. You have to find a way of creating that power to vote with your feet or speak up at school and be listened to. You know, it it's getting easier. I mean, I will say it's easier when when I was in the city at the school I just referenced where they're asking our boys if they're girls every week. Um, we formed this sort of underground network of parents. And that's where I met the friend I was telling you. And and as I mentioned, that she and her husband are black. They were they didn't did not appreciate the messages going to their brilliant son that he was somehow less than because of the color of his skin, which was the implicit message of America's original sin. And there's really no way around it. And you somehow are divided from your white and your Indian, your brown skinned classmates and you Hispanics, too. You're in the same boat. She and the other parents of color were as mad as we were. Um, where they were saying, you know, as I've told you the, the world before about the white kids in every classroom where white children learn there's a future killer cop and, and teaching that there are a hundred genders and refusing to re refer to the boys as boys now or as your sons as sons. Now it's just your student. This hit the news just this week that in Vermont, there's this school. It's like uh, I'll, I'll pull up the name like founders. I can't remember. So like friends. I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, where they're they're getting rid of same thing. They're they're only referring to boys as um, people who make sperm and girls as people who make eggs in school now. And these parents in Vermont, this is not you know this is Vermont, which is a blue state, but come on, it's still America. Where they're saying we're getting we're 
what is it? Essex, Essex, Essex Westford uh, in Ramon. And, and this is being allowed, Pat. I mean, it's being allowed. Yeah, this again, you know, for me, sometimes when I was younger and I had a bad idea or let's just say a dumb idea and I would go to my dad and I would say, dad, I want to do this. And dad would say, okay, here we go. Pat's got another crazy idea and I'm 12 years old or I'm eight years old or I'm 16 years old. And he knows I'm going to fail and I would go execute this idea and I don't execute it because it's a terrible idea. And I'd come back and say, you know what, dad, it didn't work. Yeah, you were kind of right. But of course, we don't tell our dads he was right. And we would do more of these things. Sometimes it happens in a company, a department comes to you and they say, Patrick, we have an idea. We need a hundred thousand dollar budget for this. If it's a hit, it could be this. It could be, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to give you a hundred thousand dollar budget, but here's 10 grand and go see at the lowest level and see what you can do. And then come back, boom, it fails. Or they come back and it says it works. Okay. So the best part about ideas, or if somebody claims, watch me, you're going to see what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something really special about my life. Great. You know what's going to validate whether you do or not? Time. Ten years later, people are going to say, no, you were really all talk. You were not a doer. Unfortunately, you've been a talker, and that's your label. You get labeled a talker. Mm -hmm. You get labeled somebody who talks a big game but doesn't come through. In our family, I had an uncle that I would always get compared to because my dad is 5'9", five, 5'10", five, I'm 6'5", which is kind of confusing for a Middle Eastern guy to be 6'5". So everybody would look at the mailman to see if he was tall. No, my mm -hmm. dad's brother is 6'5". So I took my height after this uncle called Johnny. And Johnny had a reputation. He was the smartest guy. He would smoke a pipe and he would read physics books for a hobby. Who the hell reads physics books no. for a hobby? Well, my uncle Johnny would do that. And he was my favorite uncle. He would take us to this place uh, that he would buy me Nutella. In Iran, if you eat Nutella, you're apparently rich. So I would eat Nutella every six months. And, you know, you would kind of explain, like, I really love this Uncle Johnny. One day my dad tells me Uncle Johnny's reputation and what his nickname is. His nickname was 70% Johnny. What's 70% Johnny? Johnny was the smartest guy in our family, great with numbers, great with a lot of different things. And he would always go and start a project and he would go to 70% of completion and he would stop. He would go at 70% and stop. That was a great idea. 70% stop. So eventually everybody said, man, Johnny, you, you got great ideas, but you never execute. Today, all of these people that are coming up with these trends, able, you know, is what I, I identify as blind. I identify as this. Dwayne Wade uh, said, well, you know, I can't uh, identify myself as somebody that can live in the state of Florida. It's two extreme of policies with what the governor is doing there. You know, with a trans kid, I have decided to take my kids to a different place. No problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, today he may seem like a noble parent and it may look like what a sweet father, what a great mother you guys are. You know, obviously the biological mother didn't support it, but you know, Dwayne Wade, more power to you. But in 10 years, when that kid is 25 years old, or in 20 years, when that kid is 35 years old, that kid is going to say, why'd you let me do that as a 13, 14? I had no clue what I was doing. Right. Why'd you let me make a decision like that? Why don't you wait till I was an adult? Why'd you do that, dad? Then uh, we are all going to realize whether that decision that was made in 2023 or 2022, it was a bad decision. And unfortunately, Megan, this is the problem. Unfortunately, some of these shitty ideas these guys are coming up with that are seeming like they're such noble people, it's going to take 10 to 20 years to realize they were horrible ideas. And a lot of people, especially helpless people like kids, are going to suffer the consequences. So yeah. as loud as many of us are going to be, as much as we're going to go out there and present common sense, Unfortunately, some of these bad ideas are creating momentum and it's hurting the people that are helpless. Mm. 
we talked about, of course, Dwayne Reed, Wade and uh, Gabrielle Union, his wife. They're mad at Ron DeSantis. They're mad about the allegedly don't say gay sure. bill. It's not. It's a misnomer. Um, you can say gay all day long. You can say it all day long. You can say it in school. You can actually have discussions about it. It's just not going to be in your curriculum. Um, so they're leaving Florida. Governor DeSantis, let's talk politics for a minute. It's been kind of interesting what's happening with him. Yeah. Um, he went on this book tour, which I th- thought was pretty lackluster. I mean, he didn't make like a big splash. It didn't really help his poll numbers. He went into like only super friendly places and really didn't make a lot of news. Then he went on this little world tour where he went on five, he went to five, visit five different countries. And I don't know what to make of it, Pat, because there was this very nasty report in Politico about how that went. Uh, in particular, this appearance he made in Great Britain. But, you know, the press hates him. So I'm trying to take it with a grain of salt while still being open minded to who he is, because we don't know him well not, you know, enough. We don't actually know whether this is why you have a primary, like you have to test the guy and see how. But this is what Politico said. They said he met with more than 50 representatives of major UK firms and business lobbying groups. I mean, duh, he's, of course, running. Like, I love how we all have to pretend he hasn't announced yet. He might not be running. Why the hell would the mm-hmm. governor of Florida be doing any of this? Um, one, one, one UK business figure said DeSantis, quote, looked bored and, quote, stared at his feet, quote, he had been to five different countries in five days and he definitely looked spent, but his message wasn't presidential. He was horrendous. A second business figure who was in the room said it was a, quote, low wattage performance that, quote, nobody in the room was left thinking this man's going places. They said it felt really a bit like we were watching a state level politician. I wouldn't be surprised if people in attendance came out thinking that's not the guy. So what do we have? We have a left wing publication citing two people who are in the room who were underwhelmed by DeSantis. Okay, to me, that sounds like what the press is going to do against any Republican who might be up and coming. But the polls also show he's struggling. He's struggling within the Republican Party to really resonate. Uh, There are new polls out just today uh, or over the past couple of days. There's CBS YouGov. Trump, 58. DeSantis, 22. That's not good. Um, The previous was Trump, 42. DeSantis, 32. So it was just 10 point difference in February. Emerson, Trump, 62. DeSantis, 16. Uh, Previously, there had been a 30 point difference between the two of them in February. Trump continues to rack up all the pretty much all the endorsements there are to get in the Republican Party. So where does that leave us? Right. Because how do we factor in left wing media bias against Republican candidates? And is DeSantis genuinely faltering because this stuff about not being able to really connect with people is a recurring theme? Well, you, you said something I want to say five weeks ago when you said, uh, why are you not coming onto my podcast to promote the books? Right? this was six weeks ago when you said this, and I fully agreed with you. I don't understand the marketing side. I don't think they have a strength when it comes down to the marketing side. See, in a company, if I were to hire uh, Ron DeSantis as a president of a company, okay, say a GE hires them, say a company that's about driving initiatives, recruiting, hitting markers, quarterly numbers, doing quarterly calls, I think he would totally crush it, right? Because Tim Cook, Tim Cook's not a personality guy. You don't go to Tim Cook and say, well, Tim Cook, if he was only a little bit more charismatic, Apple would have done better. No, Tim Cook took Apple when Steve Jobs died from a $100 billion company to nearly a $3 trillion company. That's 30Xing a $100 billion company. And nobody, not one person in the world is going to get up there and saying, here's 10 keys to, to you know, Tim, Paul, uh, you know uh, his Tim Cook's... Uh, charismatic personality. We're never going to say that. So 
in True. that arena, I think DeSantis would crush it. In the arena of being a leader of a military unit, a general, he would crush it. When you get into politics, there's this thing called cameras, okay, mm -hmm. and TV and news. And you have to sell the audience, okay? Vivek Ramaswamy is getting all this momentum. You know who he is. You hosted one of the uh, great debates right after him and David Sachs went at it. I thought it was fantastic what you did. We're seeing him everywhere. Literally, you're seeing him everywhere. He's selling himself. He's selling his ideas. A lot of us are going like this, and we're saying, it's actually a good idea. I actually like the way he handled Don Lemon. I actually like the way he did this. I, and we're starting to say this more and more and more, and it's kind of like – I'm kind of liking this guy a lot right now. Let's go to uh, uh, Ron DeSantis. We had this conversation today on our podcast with Jada Dye and Bill and a bunch of different guys that we had here. And here's what we talked about. The concept of blue ocean strategy. Blue ocean strategy, some will say, is the greatest marketing book ever written. If you've never read it, you have to read it. It sold five and a half million copies. And it's known as a top 10 best business books of all time. I expect everybody that works for me to read this book. Phenomenal book. In the book, they give the formula of how companies and individuals, us, can go compete against somebody that's big in a marketplace and not get on a red ocean, instead compete in a blue ocean. Red ocean is sharks that are all eating from each other and there's blood everywhere. It's red, like I steal your guys, you steal my guys, I steal your clients, you steal, I'll give you a better deal, I'll give you better this, I'll pay you more. It's a red ocean. Blue Ocean says, no, just get away from that ocean and go into a completely different market, kind of like Yellowtail the drink used to compete with wine. Finally, they said, no, we're not going to be competing with wine. Let's go compete with beer companies. And then all of a sudden, they went and brought beer drinkers because their drink was six bucks, and then boom, they took off, right? Okay, let's look at Ron DeSantis. The formula is create, eliminate, increase, decrease, okay, to separate yourself. For example, when I started my own insurance company, I looked at the marketplace. The average agent was a 56-year-old white male is what the average agent in the insurance industry was. It was 17% women, 56 years old, and nobody used social media. So I sat there and said, okay, I'm going to eliminate securities licenses. We're not going to use Series 766. We're just going to do live. We're going to increase social media presence because no one's using it. We're going to create an environment to target women because women can talk to other women who are the decision makers about life insurance because typically mothers and wives are more concerned about life insurance than husbands and fathers are. That's going to be our audience. So today, if we put a convention together at uh, August with 15,000 people there, the average agent's going to be a 34-year-old Hispanic female. That's what you call a blue ocean. Then the market comes and they buy our company a year ago, and it was a beautiful experience that we had, right? Let's go to Ron DeSantis as a product, as a product. Charisma, can you go face-to-face -face against Trump? No way. You're not going to win. Mm -hmm. uh, trust mm -hmm. me. Uh, ask Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. You're not going to be able to do that. Uh, trolling, can you go up against Trump? Nope. You're talking about a street brawler from New York. Good luck trying to do <laughs> that side. Okay. Where can he go and do that? Uh, military background. Everything he does, and he used to be at a military unit because he served in the military, and he was a JAG lawyer for Navy SEAL unit, all this stuff. Trump can't do that. He can't. Kind of like, remember back in the days when Dukasis tried to set himself up as a leader and he's in the tank, boom, it was over. That is actually an audience that he can play off of. There's 30 million veterans in America. That's a big vote. You can go work off of that and we'll look at, look at this guy. He looks like he's a military guy. He looks like the commander in chief. If he goes and talks about his track record during COVID, is there anybody above him on handling of COVID? Are you kidding me? You got the woke. Christy Noem. She's there, but she's not running. Yeah, you got the, well, I agree, totally, you're right. You got the woke who couldn't stand your policies. You forced them, while they had BLM on the floor, to host the NBA Finals in Florida. 
I mean, how much of a, I would be talking about that 24 seven AOC came to your state for vacation during Christmas. This should be like, you know, the greatest hits that he can go on nonstop. Now, this is the other part that sometimes, uh, uh, Megan, if, if, if let's just say, I'm assuming you, assuming you and Tucker have spoken. I'm not asking for you to answer that. I'm just saying, I'm assuming you and Tucker have spoken. Why is that an assumption? Well, because Tucker is probably a good idea for him to call you. Why is that a good idea? Uh, because you've been through this before, okay, in a different way, but you know what that experience is to go through with Fox. So he's probably called you. I'm assuming Tucker's probably spoken to Beck and maybe even spoken to Bill O'Reilly. Why? Because these were all, at one point, cream of the crop, right? There is wisdom in calling somebody else that's gone through what you've gone through. Do I think Governor Ron DeSantis has called others to ask for wisdom of what to do? Or do I think their camp thinks they know exactly what they're doing? I don't know. But if I'm a betting man, I'm more betting on them thinking they know what they're doing rather than leaning on others who have been through this before to say, what should we do with our marketing strategy? Should I be out there more? I'm in Israel. Yeah, I'm doing this. You know, hey, he's looking tired. What should I be saying when I'm doing this? I think there's an element of that where you got to bring some of the right uh, supporting cast around you to help with the strategy. Uh, uh, who knows? Look, in about two weeks when he's going to be making the announcement that he's running because, you know, he's got a lock in his governor position. Maybe in two weeks when he comes out, Megan, he's going to shock the hell out of all of us. He's going to take the gloves and say, ready? Let's go because I'm free now. You were thinking I was afraid. I've not been afraid. I couldn't make the decision till now. Let's roll. And maybe we're going to be shocked. But until then, I think a lot of the criticism he's getting is fair. Mm. He's going to be in Iowa at the same time as Donald Trump, which seems like a disaster waiting to happen. I mean, like that seems like taking on Trump in his territory. Remember Trump last time in Iowa was literally giving people free helicopter rides in his helicopter. <laughs> like that, that's, that's him. He's the marketing guy. He gets marketing. Trump is a marketer. Yeah. True. I mean, that's how he made most of his money before the Celebrity Apprentice was just marketing out his name and getting paid license fees. You know, he didn't actually run these buildings. He let them use the Trump name, which, you know, used to be not that controversial. It's different now. All those uh, buildings along the Upper West Side where you used to ride the West Side Highway was Trump, 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 Trump. Not a single one has that anymore because it's the Upper West Side. Um, yeah. But it's tough to have it like head to head where you're trying to charm people and out charm Trump. But I think you're making good sense. I mean, like maybe he could lean in. If I were DeSantis, I'm going to say this because I complained that he didn't come on the show and give me an interview because I really think he should have done that. But I actually, if I were, if I were DeSantis, I would say, go on with somebody, whether it's me or somebody else who can help you own your foibles, your weaknesses, who can help you make fun of yourself. Like I would ask him, what's with weird, the weird held head bob? What are you doing that? Like, why am I seeing these videos if you're looking like that? It's, it's like kind of off-putting. I would ask him that. I asked Putin why he's doing all these shirtless photos. Trust me, I would ask DeSantis this question. And then we'd have a chance yeah, you, to you laugh have a history about it. Of, you have a track record of asking those questions. Yeah, I, I do. And then, and then we'd have a chance to laugh about it. And I think people would get to see him be maybe self-deprecating, maybe own like a, a, a little weirdness about him. Maybe he's like a little nerdy. You know, I don't know what the, but like he, he, the answer is not to keep yourself in only protected spaces. Even Trump, you know, next week he's going to do a town hall on CNN, which is like, OK, that is not a safe space for Trump. I'm actually kind of curious about the strategy. I don't think there's a lot of gettable voters on, you know, watching CNN right now. I see why CNN wants to do it. Um, but I applaud the decision to just sort of go in places where that are unexpected. 
you, you got to respect that, right? I mean, you know, when you when you think about boxing, UFC, MMA, we like fights. You got to love the guy that's willing to go anywhere, anytime to brawl and fight. There's something about that that's very attractive and appealing with Trump wanting to go on CNN. Strategically, logically, on 70 different points, we can say, don't do this. It doesn't make any sense. But what's he going to do? Is Trump going to wait for Fox to flip their positions from DeSantis to Trump? Because, you know, a, a lot of times you're hearing about the news that, you know, Fox is taking a position with uh, DeSantis over Trump. And even the poll that came out is a Fox poll that's showing Trump ahead of DeSantis. So Trump's not going to be the one that's going to wait for Fox to want to support him. That's not his play. He will go find a media. You know why? Because there's certain people in the world that when you put the camera in front of them, they get eyeballs. People want to know what they have to say. There's not too many of them. He's at the top of that list. When he talks, he people show up. And CNN knows financially they're making the right move to get him on there. But I know you're saying, is there going to be anybody to flip there? I think you and I may be surprised how many people are sitting there and saying, really, I have to choose between this guy and, and, and Joe Biden? I mean, I mean, I, I, so many people that are not politically conservative or libertarian or independent. Megan, Joe Rogan just said, if he had to choose between Biden and Trump, he's going Trump. If you would have said Joe's going to say this people may not know that ago, he's a lefty. He wanted Bernie Sanders last time around. He wanted Bernie Sanders. So Elon Musk is now sitting there saying anything but Biden. So, you know, I, I think um, the, uh, uh, you don't need. Uh, as big of an audience as we think we need, you need a small percentage of people to flip. And if CNN's willing to host it, you know what he's going to do. He's going to troll them. He's going to mock a lot of people. He's going to tell a couple jokes. He's going to call out and push his agenda. And they're going to ask him tough questions. He's going to flip it on them. The interviewer is going to be just as scared as anybody else to interview him because he knows the interview is going to flip very, very quickly when you interview somebody like Trump. And he's going to handle it. But, you know, again, uh, the question is conversion. You're asking the right question. We're going to find out 16 months from now, whatever the timeline is, 15 months from now, 17 months from now, if it's going to work or not. Mm. It is an interesting strategy because, you know, you've got I realize Fox has gone pro DeSantis, though. I mean, I really think they need to be open minded. It's like DeSantis isn't doing very well right now. I know he hasn't declared, but so far it's been a stumble out of the starting gate. I think that's fair to say. You got Tim Scott, who's about to declare. You got Asa Hutchinson, who doesn't really have much going on. You got Nikki Haley. Mike Pence is probably going to throw his hat in soon. You got Vivek, who is very interesting. I, I really hope people are open minded to him. Um, I think Vivek's biggest problem is he kind of looks like the smartest kid in the class who's always correcting everybody. It's like that he's got it like, right, like, be careful. You don't want to be that annoying kid. Um, but he does know more about virtually everything than anyone. I mean, like, there's a reason he's so confident. <laughs> so they have to keep an open mind because this is a primary process and it plays out for over a long period of months for a reason. If you went back and looked at who was in the lead in April or May of 2015, which would be the equivalent of where we are now, I believe it was Jed Bush. I'm pretty sure it was Jed Bush. I went out, I interviewed him at Liberty University. It did not go well. And he soon fell out of the first position. And before we knew it, Donald Trump was number one by that August debate. Anything can happen. Yeah. And by the way, Jeb had $140 million to start off with. And remember, we used to talk about Walker. Oh, Walker, you know, Walker, you know, Walker's going to be the president. And the, no, the numbers just came back for Florida. I think Wall Street Journal article came out yesterday talking about the fact that DeSantis is starting off with $86 million, which is a good amount of money to start off with as well. Uh, uh, give or take, I may be a million dollars off, but he's starting off with some money as well. This is more than just money. 
you're going to need more than money to win this one here. This is going to be ugly. It's going to be nasty. Uh, it's going to be manipulative. It's going to be deceptive. It's going to be strange. It's going to be uh, things could change. It's going to be like one of those games that you watch where, you know, great football game or great playoffs game where the score changed 17 different times. There were 16 ties. And I think this is going to be that. I think it's going to come down well, to the here's wire. Here's, here's, the, here's the real uh, capper. Trump could be in jail. Like Republicans need to be open minded to who else is in the field, whether you like DeSantis or not, because he's got, by my count, at least four prosecutors coming for him. I don't think much of these prosecutions, but that's not to say a jury will agree with me. So things could get really wacky over the next couple of years as we get and, into this. All right, stand by. On the other side, I mean, you know, there's there the the president's granddaughter right now is not being helped. You know which one I'm talking about? Hunter's yeah, uh, Hunter's daughter. daughter who's, you know, this is not Denying. a this is not a good look, but I think the scorecard is going to change many, many times. I think it's going to be nasty. I think it's going to be ugly. I think there's a lot of different possibilities. What happens? Uh, I do believe the debates are going to be some of the most viewed ever, uh, uh, you know, ratings we're ever going to see. This is going to be a in the, in the media space. And listen, if I think about, oh, David versus Goliath, first of all, Joe Biden is not a Goliath in any way. He, he got no. elected for many different reasons. But I think this is going to be if you like the game of politics and you're in that space, which you're selling ideas, man, I am so curious to know these strategic people behind closed doors, what they're going to do is is there is the left going to leverage like you saw what he said at the, uh, the dinner. He says, well, you know, hey, there's a lot of media owners here. There's CNBC in here. Uh, which they own NBC, you know, the NBC owns CNBC and, and there is a Dominion here, which owns Fox News. You know, those jokes, those are jokes that the writer wrote. That's a very good joke for the writer to write. It's like those moments where you're going to see, hey, if, if, if this is you keep talking about Fox News, you know, you keep talking about fake news. You know, how about Fox? The fact that they paid a record break in 787 to Dominion. These things are going to get the audience to be thinking about, well, record breaking, man, maybe Fox is the one that. So so people, you know, again, if the left uses that Roe v. Wade, this percentage of America was not for it. But look what they did. There's a lot of different ways that you're going to have to. Uh, um, it, the political strategists are going to be talking about talk about this. Avoid talking this. That was not a good timing. That is something we should avoid. Don't address that. There is no winning in that argument. We don't need to touch that argument. Touch this argument. Push this even harder. That, that's what Trump did so eloquently and abruptly in 2015 and 2016 that worked for him. So it's going to be a very unpredictable 15, 16, 17 Well, that's months. the thing. So Trump is slippery on a lot of the really tough issues, <laughs> which is a skill in a politician. You know, DeSantis has the advantage or disadvantage, depending on the issue and how you look at it, of actually being in command right now down in Florida. So, you know, he just signed off on that bill that moved the abortion limit back to six weeks. That's going to be controversial in the general election. This has been a very animating issue for the left, for women who are in the center, even some, you know, center right women who are pro-choice for whom this is an important issue might hold that against him. Trump is, yes, he gave us the three Supreme Court justices who overturned Dobbs, but he's slippery on this stuff and can't necessarily be pinned down as, as well as you would like him to. I can speak to that. First hand. All right, stand by. PBD stays with us. Uh, don't go away. Pat, so I understand that you've got some breaking news about Tucker Carlson. Tell us what it is. Well, yeah. I, I, you know, we were about to make the announcement after your live show. I was going to tweet it up, but I said, you know what? Let me just make this announcement here. 
what better place to make it than Megan Kelly show just cross a million subscriber, you know, one of the greatest ever to do it. So Megan, here's uh, uh, what we made a decision to do for me, uh, value payment. When we started value payment, after I uh, went through the insurance industry, having been in it for 20 years, I said, I'm going to be in the financial industry 20 years. After that, it's going to be 40 years of media because I truly believe we need a media company to fight the fight that we have today in America and worldwide. As a guy that's an immigrant from Iran and saw what it was like living in Iran to a mother whose family was a communist, to a father whose family was an imperialist. And then I lived in Germany in, in the refugee camp for a couple of years and I came to the States, went to the 101st Airborne Division, and I've been blessed through the system of capitalism to make good money. And now knowing we want to compete in the media space, but all the stuff that's going on, BuzzFeed, you hear the announcement, you know, a vice from a $5.7 billion company to now, you know, they're going through bankruptcy. Don Lemon, Tucker, you know, and a couple other names that are soon to come. We would like to make a public announcement offer to Tucker Carlson. This is the first place I'm making this announcement because I believe Tucker's voice is one of the most necessary voices in America. And I believe he, uh, uh, at a place he is right now, we, we have a feeling of what would be important to somebody like that that's at the top of the game to get the kind of eyeballs that he was getting from 3 million views to a week later, 1.33 million views. We know the world needs to hear that voice. And I know a lot of different offers and companies that are talking and offers they're making. Here's what our offer is. We're willing to make a on record. I'll be tweeting this right after I'm done here. Uh, and it'll be on Twitter. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be on all over the place. A hundred million dollar five-year offer, equity position in the company, a president position, and a board seat to make decisions on what we want to do with docs, movies, specials, any other shows, and whatever else he wants to talk about. Podcast, show, all of it on OTT. But that is an offer we're making to Tucker. Tucker knows how to get a hold of me. And uh, we feel uh, he's a one-center-generation type of a voice, and we would love to have him be here with Valuetainment. We may not be the biggest. Obviously, there's a lot of bigger names out there. Uh, but if you want to team up with somebody that's got the vision in place, the cause in place, and it's a true believer on how great of a country America is that is worth fighting for, and the fight is a real fight because the enemy is real, we feel we're the right fit uh, to partner with somebody like Tucker Carlson. So you are that's the first amazing. place I'm making this offer, Tucker Carlson. I love this offer. Okay, now we got to get into the details. Are you going to pay the production costs or is he? Because I know he doesn't want to have to deal with that nonsense. We will pay the production cost. Ah, Tucker, this is a good offer. It, it, he's going to pay the further production costs. You're going to make $20 million a year. You're going to be in charge. No one's going to censor you. And you'll have the promotion and support of somebody who's already got a huge, huge following, which does make a difference. I mean, I'm sure I've said this before, but I'm sure Tucker's probably going to get a million followers as soon as he goes online because he's coming, you know, straight off of his, the success of his primetime show. So that'll be a boon to him. But, to you know, partner with a guy who's got four million subscribers would be wonderful. And you're a great guy. You believe in his mission. You know what you're getting. You're not going to try to muzzle him. No, you, you can't muzzle a guy like that. No, no. Tuck, tuck. When you have a voice like that, you, you have to let that man free because he's not going based at this phase of his life. He's already made the money. He, he does whatever he wants to do. He can go hunting, spend time with his family, do, you know, go to Maine, be in Florida, do this, do that. Everything from here on, when a break like this is taken, it has to be all about the cause. And as a person who's been to 40 plus countries worldwide, I have lived in very weird places worldwide. I have been very poor, a welfare kid on lunch ticket. And I've had the fortune of making money. There's certain people you have to let them loose. And this is the kind of guy that you need to let them loose. When he, when he makes a mistake, he went on 
uh, I think it was Nelk Boys. He was on the Full Send podcast, and he said, look, here's where I was wrong. Here's where I was this. There's a reason why he's number one and people follow what he has to say. It's not because he's perfect. It's not because he pe presents himself as a person that knows everything, but he's not willing to back down. He will fight, and it's very hard to find fighters nowadays. Now, Pat, I, I'm not sure you're aware of the Media Matters videos that have just dropped on. Perhaps you'd like to update yourself before you extend this uh -huh. on the quote, quote, per Media uh -huh. Matters, creepy videos that someone, Irina, um, may have obtained of Tucker <laughs> and miraculously released just today, showing him referring to someone he's never met as yummy, which he makes clear as a joke, having a discussion with Piers Morgan about whether they're going to discuss sex on the air, and if so, how that's going to go, and another video in which he refers to his postmenopausal fans. Are you recoiling? Are you ready to cut ties? Are you ready to withdraw no. the offer? We're not signing somebody that's perfect. We're not expecting perfection. That's never been our standard. Our standard's been progress. And uh, if you if you look at history, for the people that had the guts to fight for freedom, they were never perfect. So if you're expecting for a perfect person to show up, good luck to you. You're gonna you're gonna have to go to many different places to find it. No, we like his fight. We like what he stands for. I don't have a problem with how he is. You know, behind closed doors. Again, we're not expecting somebody to be perfect. But if it is somebody that sees our proposition here, our offer here, and, you know, it, it, when I when I hear my story and I go and talk all over the place, I build an insurance company with 44,000 different agents. So I've worked with a lot of different personalities. I've worked with families that come with money. I've worked with families that don't. I've worked with guys that went to Ivy League schools. I work with guys that are high school dropout. I work with guys that you know, uh, come from a regular welfare family making $7.20 an hour to people that have done well for themselves from other professions. We have good days. We have bad days. The standard to have people to have a perfect day on a daily basis, you are living in la-la land. No. Uh, we're ready to do the fight. And if Tucker wants to come and partner and go out there, like I said, th this whole game about doing something big in life is about running mates. And your running mates you choose have to be true believers. If you have a running mate that's not a true believer, it's just because of money, there's a time like we were having a conference call this morning with uh, seven of my executives and I told them something. I said, you know, what's the best indicator to find out who was all about money and who was all about a true vision and a cause. They said, what the moment people make money, watch how they react. When people make money, most people slow down. It was all about money. But when you make money and fame, and accolades, and you get stopped in the streets, everywhere you go, at the airport, in private airports, and you still get up in the morning with the same fire in your belly to go out there and do the fight, it was never about money for you. There are very few people left in America at that level who have made the money that's about a true cause. I think Tucker's one of them. Mm, God bless you for seeing that. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it, it's, you know, I was talking about Jocko Willink right at the beginning of the hour, and the, it takes a certain constitution be, to become a Navy SEAL, to become that kind of soldier, to become an Army Ranger. There's just these, these certain things, and you have to be built that way. You have to be built for the fight. And not to aggrandize the news profession because it doesn't deserve, deserve it, but somebody like Tucker, who really does go against the grain and doesn't care, um, you have to be built that way. It's I don't want to compare him to Trump, but Trump's kind of built that way, too. I mean, I'm a little bit built that way in a different kind of way myself, so I can relate to it and I admire it for similar reasons. But he is a unique talent. And I think he could only ever partner with somebody who got it and appreciates it and doesn't expect that version of commentary to color within the lines. Patrick Bet 
David, thank you for being here. And thanks for believing in our mutual friend. Anytime. It's always great to be on. Thank you for the invite. Oh, all the best. That was super fun. Well, I feel like we solved everything. Yay. <laughs> we'll get back to you on uh, where that goes. Tomorrow, James O'Keefe will be here for the entire show. And remember, go subscribe to the show at youtube.com slash Megyn Kelly. We'll talk tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Megyn Kelly Show. No BS, no agenda, and no fear.